This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. Today, I thought we could just talk about what's in the news. We'll let the listeners drive, ha, 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 drive our show. Things that uh, occur to us or things that occur to them, we would love for them to call in and ask questions. Let's go to some of the things in the news. One issue was came that came out of the election was Massachusetts passed a right to repair law that uh, it's so that manufacturers have until the 2022 to install standard open data platform to help. I guess individuals repair who don't have access to fancy pantsy repair equipment so that they can possibly repair their own cars. Uh, Allison, is there a lot of locked systems so that if you have a Mercedes, you have to go to a Mercedes dealer, or if you have a Audi, you have to go to an Audi dealer? There are some systems on the car that are like that. Um, something we ran into at the shop was one with a um, security system on a Mercedes that keeps you from being able to crank it up without, uh, if, if there's any kind of fault in the system, you can't crank it up. And we ended up having to buy someone who had made a little hacker computer for it to reprogram it. And... So basically, we had to hack the system to to be able to do it. That's something that that Right to Repair Act is trying to address is um, the having to have to take it to the dealership to have that done. And so that's that's a big deal. And um, and it would be you know it may, it's it's part of that Repair Act is so that it has to be where a, a small shop can work on it and keep it open for independent repair shops. So right. that's one of the uh, things that that Right to Repair Act is, is going over. Right. I think they planned on being the test balloon to spur manufacturers to get this information out so that small repair in small repair shops or home mechanics could take care of their own cars and we do have a question it's michelle from jackson on the line <laughs> hey michelle yeah i'm actually not from jackson no, oh, okay. like, no i'm just joking uh allison i've been watching those commercials the car shield commercials where those people say oh my insurance saved me a lot of money are those car shield um auto repair um, insurances worth it and what as far as um, I guess mileage on your car if your car has a lot of uh, things going on should you uh, is it wait is it a waste of money or should you get a car shield uh, insurance uh, for your car um, well I'm not real sure the answer to that question but I know when I worked at a Toyota dealership uh, locally that those did come 
in to help some people out with car repairs, even on something as reliable and that needs a little repair as a Toyota. So perhaps those are good. Um, so maybe that's something like to Google and do some research on and see what we found on that. But I, we were actually using extended warranties and, and things like that at Toyota, um, you know, and so that it came into play there. So maybe for other manufacturers, car manufacturers, where they're not as reliable and they have more repair problems come up, it may be something that is handy for the situations that come up. I know for our car, one time the Dodge dealer offered prepaid like four or six oil changes that was cheaper than buying the oil changes individually. And I bought that package because if I've already paid for it, I'm going to make sure I get my free oil change. And I think that was good because that helped me make sure I had the correct service uh, done on my car at a timely mess uh, time. And they kept me uh, making sure I got my oil changes there at the dealership. That's a good thing for them. It's a good incentive to um, to get people started at, at, the, at the dealership and get them familiar with how it works. And then you'll want to keep taking your car back there. So that's the, they'd probably take a loss on the old change for having your future service done there. We've got some calls now. Let's go to Wilma, who's calling from Memphis. Wilma, we're so glad you're part of AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Well, I've got a question, but it's about driving more than a car. On the interstate, are you required or is it a law that the left-hand lane is passing only? From what I understand, it is. Yeah, um, I, did, I think they might have passed that just recently. Okay, a recent law gone into action. Okay, I, th- I thought it had been a rule, but that you can't, you can't just ride in the left Lane if you're, unless you're passing. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Enjoy your show. Oh, you're Thank welcome. You. We appreciate you. Um, yeah, just a, a quick search. The new law specifies drivers should use the left lane for passing unless the right lane is closed, is in disrepair, or is otherwise impassable. Drivers could also use the left hand lane or left, the left. I'm sorry. Drivers could also use left lane for a left-hand turn or a left exit, and that was one of the new laws in 2018. So, uh, yeah, on the in the interstate. On the interstate. Okay. Let's now go to Michael, who's called in from South Haven. Michael, thanks so much for being part of AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Allison? Uh, can you guys hear me over the uh, uh, car phone? We can. Go ahead. Okay, good. Uh, actually, I've got two questions. I really enjoy the show, um, and so thank you for that. But uh, w- one of them is a quick one, and the other one might be a brain teaser. So let's go with the quick one first. Um, I have a uh, Volkswagen 2014 uh and um, I'm having trouble changing the spark plugs. i got three of them out. I've got one boot that 
I'm afraid is going to come apart. Um, I mean, not that it's rotted, but it just won't come out um, to change the spark plug. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm afraid to put too much pressure on it, rip the boot, do that kind of crazy stuff, and then go through even something crazier uh, to get it done. Is there an easy way to pull that boot out, an easier way than tearing it up? What I would try is, start, is spraying penetrant oil down in there. Have you tried spraying anything down in there to, to lube it up a little bit? Not yet, because the guy who uh, said, uh, who told me that the first time was a little bit questionable. <laughs> so, okay. So, so I'll take it from I'll take it from a pro. I'll go ahead and do that. That uh, uh, anything else besides that? Um, besides turning it like you're unscrewing it, and you know, like lefty loosey and and right. turning it like that instead of pulling directly on it, twisting it a good bit first, because um, that'll break that suction onto the spark plug. So you can give that a try. But so try this couple of things. And other than that, I'm not, I'm not sure what's holding it on there so tightly. You might just have to go ahead and pull it and, and then get some uh, needle nose pliers if any part of it comes apart. Oof. It'll be a long needle nose. <laughs> the boots like eight there, inches long. There, there's some long ones <laughs> out there at, at the auto parts store that would be able to reach down in there. I'll take a look. I'll try that out first. Uh, um, I, I didn't realize the turning was uh, uh, could be uh, could be a helpful big deal. Um, the other question is: I have a '97 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Um, let's say it, whether it matters or not, it's a 5.2 engine. Um, I replaced uh, the battery sensor, uh, the thermal sensor. Um, but what I'm finding right now is that um, the uh, uh, when I turn the car on, sometimes the uh, uh, the battery charge will go all the way up to 14, um, and that's that's where it's standardly been, um, and then it'll drop to about nine, and then it'll drop to nothing check gauge comes on cars still running fine i'm pretty sure it's not the alternator because the car still runs well um everything stays on i've, I've dealt with a uh, bad alternator before and that's not what happened um and so i'm kind of eliminating that however when i try and put a computer uh code generator on it uh it is not working um or connecting and I'm still continuously having the problem. And of course, what happens is starts uh, uh, running down the battery and, uh, and the battery not charging. And so it turns, it eventually just doesn't work. What, what could I be looking for? Or, or is this something that I should just take to a shop? It's something I would recommend taking to an automotive electrical shop and they would be able to pinpoint it right away. But what guessing on the phone is that the voltage regulator that that's used to be external on alternators are are internal now and so it, it could still be your alternator that's acting up the voltage regulator not actually your alternator but your voltage regulator but they'll be able to pinpoint that down for you to the exact problem at an automotive electrical shop they deal with that kind of thing day in day out 
so that's what I would recommend on that. And that that is a little bit of a brain teaser. That's a, it's a unusual uh, problem, but that's what it sounds like is going on. It's something with your voltage regulator within your alternator. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I don't like you as much anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the truth and see what happens. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate it very much. Uh, it's uh, that's going to be uh, at least I know where to go and uh, on a definite or a little bit better course. All right. Yeah, and it shouldn't call. be expensive. So, so I, I, that's what I recommend. Yeah, All I right. Think it's what about? How much do y'all charge? I, I think it's about fifty bucks to to just get it tested. For most places, it is that about right? Well, it, it, it kind of depends on what it is and what the problem is and how long it takes them to find it. So it shouldn't, something like that sounds about right. Okay. All right. Well, thank y'all so much for being on. Yes, indeed. We appreciate you, Michael. Send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We have a list of ones that are. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. And I'm Liz Gill. If you'd like even more AutoCorrect, please find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Here are the recalls for the week. And there are lots and lots and lots of cars, so we may not have the specifics, but that'll be on our information for this show. Toyota is expanding its fuel pump recall to 3.3 million vehicles. Dealers will replace the fuel pump for free. We'll have a list of all these different vehicles on the info for this page. There's 94,000 Audi Q7s from 2018 to 2020 that are recalled for roof pillar padding. 
dealers will replace the deformation element on the C pillars for free. 350,000 2013 through 2017 Ford Explorers from 20 th- uh, that are recalled for possible suspension fracture. There are 194,000 Buick, Cadillac, Chevrolet, and GMC vehicles from 2018 to 2020 that are recalled for transmission issues. Remember, you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, and inputting your VIN number, or you can find their Safer Car app. Allison, we have full lines of phones, so let's get to it. Bill from Iron City, Tennessee has called in, and I think Bill saw a bobcat this morning. <laughs> yes. Oh, you heard that. Yes, I did. <laughs> Bill, what, uh, what you got for us for autocorrect today? Oh, let's have some fun. I actually don't have a problem, far from it. Um, I, I have a 1999 Ford Crown Victoria Police Interceptor. That's got 204,000 miles on it, runs like a top. It is the mo- I have been a Crown Vic fan forever. I've driven Marquis and Vicks. And this one was a former uh, Georgia State Trooper uh, detective's car. I know this because after I bought the vehicle in the glove box, I found his business cards and a 12-gauge shotgun shell. <laughs> and... My, my 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 question. I don't know if you y'all are uh, familiar with the auto industry as far as their, their their future plans and such. But one of the things that's bothered me over the years, it's been rather disappointing, is the, that they stopped making the VIX. And I know that there have been rumors for years that Ford was going to bring them back because the state troopers across the country and the municipalities and police departments have all complained about the Charger being too small and some of the other vehicles, they just don't perform like this Crown Vic does or like all the Crown Vics have. Is there any truth to the rumor that the Vic might come back? Oh, I don't know. They they seem to have this kick of bringing back old stuff, so... Um, I think it would be neat if they did too, because that's they are a really great car. I mean, they're they're built on a frame. They're like a truck, and they're, yeah, they're a tank. awesome. They are awesome vehicle. A tank, yeah, they're like a tank. So real good for what they do. But um, I haven't heard any rumors about them bringing it back. So let's yeah. let's get it started. <laughs> yeah, let's get that going. Let's let's rally the troops and say, bring back the Vic, bring back the Vic. It is. Without question, the most reliable, durable car I have ever seen or, or driven in my life. I am just sold on them. I always have been. The, the the comfort factor with long legs is just beyond compare. It is just a beautiful vehicle to drive. It's just so smooth. Yeah, they are. I, They're um, really nice. That was actually the first car I worked on that got me started back in and or got me started working for cars and the for the public uh, yeah. with the Crown Vic. I have one other comment I'd like to make, and and it's regarding not just your show, but all the shows on Mississippi uh, Public Radio. Um, I am just so overwhelmed. There isn't, you're the only station I can find 
on the dial. When you carry news, you are down the middle. You tell the truth. You provide facts rather than fiction. You call everyone out, no matter who they are, when when they lie, and when they're deceiving the public. Your, your, your programming is fantastic. We appreciate that, Bill. Thank you. Love that. Thank you very much. All right, let's now go to Joyce, who has called in from uh, Rankin County. Joyce, what's your comment or question for Allison on autocorrect? Yes, kudos to what the gentleman just said. I so enjoy your programming. Actually, you're the only only station that I listen to when I'm driving. Uh, I just wondered, is it so expensive or is it so difficult to change out a mode actuator on your on your uh, air conditioning or heating elements. Because, gosh, the dealer says uh, I, that's what I need, and it, they want over $900 to replace that. Unfortunately, some of them are deep down in your dash, and it can be labor-intensive to get okay. to fix it. Well, I just wondered, because I so looked it up, be and it didn't, look like, it didn't look like it was a very big part to have to change. <laughs> but that's the way they yeah, the part today. itself is probably not very big, but uh, yeah. it's like a little motor. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so unfortunately, great. some of them are deep in the dash, and, yeah. I, and it takes a lot of labor hours to okay, get into so it. That, so that's not unusual, then, huh? <laughs> as yeah, as depending on the location yeah. of that actuator. Yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. I sure enjoyed your programming. Joyce, we love having you call in. Thank you so much. Yes, and thank you. We do have a full uh, slate of calls today, so if you can't get through, don't forget you can always email us. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. But Clayton was able to get through. Clayton from Memphis, what's your comment or question for Allison today? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Can you hear me? You bet. Okay, I, uh, I had a quick question. I recently purchased a 1985 40 Conaline 150 Club Wagon with a straight six. And um, my father, uh, he is uh, a backyard mechanic his whole life. He told me to run transmission fluid through the first oil change. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change the oil because I don't know if the guy's been running in it. But he wants me to put transmission fluid in with the new oil and in my gas tank to clean the whole system out. Has he lost his marbles, or is this the right thing to do? I will tell you a story that my teacher taught me when I was at Heinz, and he had bought a little Mazda Miata to sell, and it was the, it was running uh, rough. It was it was uh, sluggish running, and. He uh, pulled the valve cover and saw that it was gunked up in there, and he ran a, about half a quart of transmission fluid through an old, through the in the oil, and it cleaned it up. And because transmission fluid has detergents in it, it they scrub everything clean when when it runs. So he ran it through an oil change interval, and it cleaned it up, and. And it ran like a top after that. So, yes, you can put transmission fluid in the oil to clean out your engine. But as far as putting it in the gas tank, I've never heard of that before. You might want to run something that's for just to clean the fuel system out, like the Lucas 
uh, fuel injection clean system or seafoam. There's other brands too. And put that in your system, which is de designated for your fuel system. So I haven't heard of putting transmission fluid in there before, but I have heard of putting transmission fluid in your oil to clean out your engine. Okay, well, I, I appreciate it. That, that answers my question. Thank you guys so much. Oh, you're welcome, Clayton. Thank you for calling in. Our email address where you can send our questions is auto at mpbonline.org. What's an unreliable car not to buy? That's next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Slowly we started, you know, picking these turtles up and saving them. I'll stop traffic, grab one out of the road. And then our friends found out and our vet would call us. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We are now a full-fledged nonprofit turtle rescue. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. We hope that you have downloaded our app for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, live or on demand, you can click on the support button and make a contribution because contributions are the way we keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. Thank you so much for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Consumer Reports gave the label never buy to 30 used cars. Today, we're going to caution you about the VW Tegan. And this is one I'm not even familiar with. Volkswagen had a tough run early in the decade when it came to making reliable cars. In the case of the VW Tegan, the SUV flunked the test in 2011 and 2013. For those four model years, Tegan was far below average and for reliability due to engine problems, electrical work, and power equipment, and the 2012 model was only marginally better. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car. Suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI in Indianapolis. He's also on YouTube as Auto Casey, and his review this week is on the 2020 Cadillac CT4V and the Subaru WRX STI. 
All right. <laughs> we hope you'll email us your questions. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. But we want to go to Harry, who has called in from Vidalia, Louisiana. Harry, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. I have a uh, 2010 Chevrolet Silverado pickup that I depend on for long trips to make a living. And I've never done any servicing on anything like the transmission, and I get conflicting reports on what should be done. Could you tell me uh, what maintenance I should follow and uh, if the transmission does need changing or what needs to, what do I need to do? Yeah, for me, the fluid needs to be changed every 50,000 miles when it comes to the transmission fluid. But as far as knowing when your spark plugs are due and that sort of thing, um, look in your owner's manual or they'll have, sometimes they'll have a separate, called a maintenance guide, a, a separate booklet. And you can look in there and find out. Um, also, your differential on a truck gets left out pretty often. And if you have a 4x4, four four, the transfer case, those fluids get left out pretty often. But um, look and see what the interval says in your maintenance guide for for your vehicle. Also, that'll kind of help you determine when you should replace things. It doesn't list all the fluids in there because... I, I'm not really sure why they don't like brake fluid and power steering fluid. It doesn't usually have a recommended interval, but so brake fluid is every two to three years and power steering fluid I would change every 50,000 miles along with the transmission fluid and the differential fluid. So hopefully that kind of gives you an idea of the maintenance you should be doing on your vehicle and kind of give you a guide to what to do and where to look to find that information. It doesn't look like, though, that uh, there's a handy way to check the, the oil level in the transmission. It doesn't have a dipstick for the transmission fluid? I don't think so. Then you have to go by mileage. You just have to base it on mileage and knowing when or if it's been changed before. Um, so some of I don't them think don't have a... dipsticks these days. And uh, we're still looking to get a transmission specialist on. I, I actually spoke with someone recently and said some of the fluids that they have in the transmissions these days on these closed transmissions uh, last over 200,000 miles. So the that's, that's the where I am now. That's, that's what concerns me. Yeah, that's where I am now. Right. So the the jury is out on on these long lasting fluids. Um, so I, I'm still hesitant to let a car go that long without ever changing the fluid. It doesn't seem right to me. And, but uh, so the, the jury is out on that. And, and that's on some of these later models. And I'm not sure. I know uh, world standard is a fluid that's supposed to last 200,000 miles or more. And that's something Toyota uses and... Uh, they started using that around 2010, I believe. So other manufacturers may have started around that time to start using these super long life fluids. And uh, so things kind of changed in the industry around that time. So you'd have to kind of base it on what kind of fluid you have in there. Okay, I appreciate it. And y'all have got a great program. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Harry, we're so glad you you uh, turned tuned in to listen to us. Let's go to Colleen in Oxford. Colleen, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. How can Allison help you? Hi um, to both of you, and thank you for taking my call. Um, your comments on the recalls was what urged me to make the phone call because I have a recall on my 2014 Sequoia, Sequoia um, Toyota, and in August I made the phone calls um, that Toyota asked me to do, and my local dealer here just keeps pushing me off and pushing me off and pushing me off because they're too busy, and I'm just curious, what do you recommend I do? It's for airbags, and now there's another recall, and they're just going to get busier. Um, and I'm traveling to New York in for Christmas over the holidays, so I would love your input. Um, if you're going to the same dealership, maybe try another one. I'm, I'm not going to name names here, but there's a there's a couple of dealerships in in the area. And you, you said you're from Jackson or Oxford? No, Oxford. I'm in you're Oxford. up in Oxford, where there's probably yeah. only one dealership. Um, you you might want to make a complaint to the general manager of the dealership there, and okay. see if you can get you in. Usually, the general managers do not want bad reviews, and if their service department, they're above the service department, and they should be able to get you on in. So I would call and ask. And kind of, if you have to, pitch a fit a little bit to, to get the general manager's information. And, you know, you, sometimes you have to threaten them a little bit. They don't like to do warranty work is, is part of the problem with dealerships. They don't get paid nearly what they should for warranty work sure. as far as the individual tech goes. And so they tend to push off that kind of uh, work. But they, they need to get that done for you. So I would say go to a general manager of the dealership. And uh, then if that doesn't work, um, go to, to Toyota and complain and call their customer service line and see right, how far you can get. Yeah, I'll call them again um, and see if I can get my appointment. And if not, I'll take your advice. But I love your show. It's okay. lovely. I love the, the station. And thank you very much. Appreciate it. Colleen, um, one thing yep. I want to mention, I think it was a day Allison uh, couldn't be here on mm -hmm. our September 24th podcast. Mm -hmm. We have some links down at the bottom because we discussed this. And uh, if a dealer refuses to repair your vehicle in accordance with the recall information, mm -hmm. you should notify the manufacturer immediately. You can also file a complaint with the NHTSA at their website, safercar.gov, and provide as many details as possible, including the name of the dealership and any personnel involved. Okay. We've got some links to that. We also had a caller on that show who said he worked as a arbitrator with the Better Business Bureau, and you could uh, approach the Better Business Bureau if they do not satisfy you. But then we also had a secret tips. And what Allison said uh, is, is true. These folks live and die by reviews. Mm -hmm. And you might, when you talk to the general manager, suggest 
if they are not able to resolve this issue with you, you will be forced to give them a poor review. Okay. That's great. I'll look that up. And, uh, again, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Colleen. We love that you're a listener, that you're part of the show. Let's go to Arthur, who is called in from Memphis. Hi, Arthur. What's your comment or question for autocorrect today? Well, I was calling in to uh, give a comment on the uh, gentleman that called in asking about the transmission fluid uh, to be added to the oil and to the gas. Grow right ahead. Uh, And I'm an old-time truck driver. And uh, adding uh, transmission fluid to the gas uh, will clean the uh, fuel system and also clean the injectors. But uh, put about 16 ounces of uh, transmission fluid, you know, per tank, uh, about every uh, 3,500, 4,000 miles. 16 ounces, okay. Thanks for that tip. That's interesting. And on the uh, adding it to the oil, uh, in case you got an engine that's sludged up, uh, then not add more than 16 ounces, you know, uh, in with his oil. Right. Because the, uh, the transmission fluid uh, does uh, uh, lower the viscosity of the oil, so you don't want to use more than about 16 ounces, you know, with an oil change. I love our truck drivers. <laughs> Arthur, yeah. thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, Allison. It's nice talking with you, and I listen to your program all the time, and I like it. And uh, uh, thank you for all your uh, comments and help to everyone. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you calling in. Okay. and Bye-bye now. We can get a couple of calls in before the end of the show. So the first two folks who call in will be able to take your calls. We, you can always send us an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. is autocorrect if you've missed any of our live program you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org okay allison an auto shop in dana beach florida lifted the hood of a mustang to investigate a check engine light 
and they found a 10-foot-long Burmese python in the engine compartment. Florida <laughs> Fish and Wildlife were called to remove the animal, and we will have the video of this on our show information. What Have you ever had to remove a critter from a car? like PO666. Yes, I have. uh, In the motor, that the little blower fan that blows the air through your car for your AC and your heat, uh, there was some noise in there, and when I took it down and looked in there, there was some, I, I believe it was dead squirrel or dead rat or it was dead something, and I asked them if they had had a bad smell in the car at any point in the past, and they said they had. And I said, well, I found your culprit, and it, it was absolutely disgusting, like skeletal remains that ah. been in there a long time. <laughs> yeah, it was so nasty. <laughs> so um, that's actually happened a few times. So, yes, I, I've, I've had to remove some animal remains yeah. from the car. Well, this one was live and wiggly, so you can see the video on our show's information. We do have a couple of calls. Let's get to them before the end of the show. We've got Robert from Mobile. Hey, Robert, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Allison? Yes, hi. Um, good morning. Uh, my comment is um, I have a 2000 Dodge Caravan, and it's a uh, I replaced the idle air control valve and it's been kicking out black smoke out of the tailpipe, which hasn't been doing it before. And I was wondering if you could tell me, I changed the idle air control valve, but I'm thinking about maybe getting an EGR valve or take it out and clean it, but I don't know why it's not running good anymore. Uh Uh-oh. Do you know what engine it is in there? What size engine? Yes. Is it the 3.3 liter? Yes, ma'am. That's something I would have to investigate and look into and see what's going on with your vehicle. But the black smoke shouldn't have anything to do with your idle air control valve and not particularly with your EGR valve. So I'm wondering if you've got an injector that's stuck open or something like that. Does it have a check engine light on? Yes, it does. I imagine it does. Um, I'd have to look into what that code is reading, and I imagine it's saying something along the lines of you're your getting a rich mixture. And so perhaps you have an injector that's stuck open, and that's something you want to get fixed as soon as possible because it can burn up your catalytic converter and melt it and then cost you a really, really expensive repair, whereas an injector is not too terribly expensive. So I would have that looked at as soon as possible and get that get that fixed. But I'd have to know a little bit more. I'd have to look into it a little bit more to find out what's going on with your vehicle. Mm-hmm. So should I take it to a shop or is that something that I can do myself? I would take it to a shop. And um, something that might help is to go ahead and take it to an auto parts store and just have the code read and see what cylinder is acting up. It may tell you what cylinder is having a problem. Then you can look up the cylinder pattern and Google that and see which cylinder it is. 
and then maybe check the wiring or check the connection to the injector there and see if that is messed up on your vehicle. Maybe something has chewed a wire or maybe just a loose connection. Okay. If, if you get lucky, that could, could that that's a possibility. Okay. Other than that, I would take it to a, a shop, like a independent shop or, you know, you know, that's not something particularly you want to take to, you don't have to take to a dealership. You can take it to an independent shop, and and uh, they'll probably be able to find it quicker and and cheaper. Okay. Good luck with that, Robert. We appreciate you calling in. I have a caravan, and I think we've had like three or four of the valves replaced. Mine's a 2006, so God bless uh, Dodge Caravans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have a a 99, so we have a running Dodge Grand Caravan. (laughs) All right, let's go to Janet in Starkville. Janet, we're so glad you've called in. What's your comment or question? Well, this is Janet again, and I still haven't traded in my Ford Fusion. I keep calling y'all. So my question is, what is the best truck to buy, a small truck? Like, is it Toyota, Chevy, Ford? What would you recommend, Nissan and a good deal? Um, I recommend Nissan because the prices are lower than Toyota, but you, you have a similar reliability Nissan started as a truck company, and they just they do an awesome job with trucks, and they're very very underrated, and they their retail value is usually lower because of that. Uh, next to that, a, a Toyota Tacoma, those are usually pricey because they're awesome, and so those are a couple of really really good vehicles that I recommend. Um, okay, do you remember uh, a dealership that is a pretty good dealership? I'm in. I'm in Starkville, so, um, I mean, I could travel anywhere to find Oh, a good, a good local dealership. There's so many. Um, and one thing I don't recommend is getting a car from a place like CarMax that doesn't want to haggle with prices. They charge way high for the vehicles that you get there, and it's, it's because it's a no-haggle situation. So I kind of tend to steer clear of that sort of thing and uh, i noticed their their prices are two to three thousand dollars higher than everybody else so um i recommend doing some research and um you know finding a, a place that has good reviews and that um in a, that'll work with you on price a little bit instead of just cutting your head off Janet, I have a couple of uh, t- uh, bits of information for you. On July 9th of 2020, we had Ivan Drury from the car site Edmunds.com. He talked about trucks. You might want to listen to that show from July 9th. And Allison, Ed, uh, Ivan's going to come back on our show in a couple of weeks. So, um, Janet, if you send us an email, our address is auto at mpbonline.org or listen and call in when he's here. You can ask him because he just bought a truck. He moved to Maui. Talk about work from home. He moved to Maui and sent me a picture of the truck he bought. 
it made me very sad and jealous. <laughs> but no, <laughs> I love my Dodge Craig here, man. <laughs> and I love Mississippi. So uh, that's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Thank you, Jay White. Thank you, Michelle McAdoo. Thank you, Allison Walker, who volunteers her time at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And you can follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.